1: Good morning. My name is Joanna, and I will be your conference operator today. At this time, I would like to welcome everyone to the LaCara Diamond Q3 results conference call. All lines have been placed on mute to prevent any background noise. After the speaker's remarks, there will be a question and answer session. If you would like to ask a question during this time, simply press star, then the number 1 on your telephone keypad. If you would like to withdraw your question, please press star, followed by 2. Thank you. Ms. Ira Thomas, you may begin your conference. Thank you very much, uh, Operator,
2: and good day to everyone, and thank you for joining Lucara's third quarter results webcast. Uh, Joining me on the call today from management, we have Zara Boltz, our CFO, Dr. John Armstrong, VP of Technical Services, and Aisha Hira, VP of Corporate Development and Strategy. I will be making forward-looking statements, so I do encourage you all to review our cautionary statement at your leisure on our website. I want to start off by acknowledging John Armstrong and our operations team at Kuroi for delivering another solid quarter in terms of safety and in terms of all our physical metrics, including tons mined, tons milled, and carrots produced. This strong performance was also delivered at lower costs amidst strict COVID protocols and really reflects our continued focus on driving greater efficiencies in all aspects of our operations. In an exciting late-breaking development, we also successfully recovered our third plus-1,000-carat diamond since mining began and our second plus-500-carat stone for the year. After cleaning, it now reports in as 998 carats, but it still ranks as the fourth-largest diamond in recorded history and is a testament to the remarkable nature of the Kuroi ore body and the advanced technology that we have incorporated into our mine design and flow sheet to recover these diamonds without damaging them. Both the 549 or Setuna, as it has now been christened and the 998 were recovered through the mega diamond recovery circuit. More on that in just a moment. In July, we announced a groundbreaking partnership with HP Antwerp, which in essence is a committed supply agreement for all diamonds produced greater than 10.8 carats for the remainder of the year. Though still early, Lucara is now receiving regular revenue for its plus 10.8 carats uh, diamonds using superior pr- uh, pricing based on the estimated polish outcome, less a commission and the cost of polishing. For diamonds under 10.8 carats in size, Clara continues to deliver strong results, growing its customer base to more than 70 clients during the period and completing its first sale of third-party goods through the platform. Clara continues to resonate strongly with manufacturers that are restricted from traveling to purchase diamonds in traditional venues, and we are expecting to expand trials with third-party goods in Q4 and into 2021. Encouragingly, Q3 also saw stabilization of the rough diamond market and an improvement in consumer demand for polished diamonds in both Asia and the U.S. markets. Zara is going to touch on the financials a little later, but we did uh, record revenue of $41.3 million in the quarter, and our Q3 EBITDA of $9.9 million, um, and an operating margin of 47%. Finally, and consistent with the message we delivered in Q2, we would once again like to reiterate the fact that Lucara continues to maintain a strong balance sheet ending the quarter with cash on hand, no long-term debt, and access to the necessary liquidity to manage our business effectively through the pandemic. Our longer-term outlook for diamond demand remains robust, and we believe that Lucara is well-positioned to benefit as we mine deeper in the open pit and ultimately transition to underground, accessing the highest value portion of the Kuroi ore body. In the short term, we expect the diamond market to remain stable, With longer-term supply constraints manifesting in response to declining production from maturing mines. On slide four, we've summarized our initial response and ongoing actions in respect of the pandemic, and even as we continue to operate at full capacity, our top priority remains protecting the health and well-being of all of our employees, contractors, and our local communities of interest. We also continue to work closely with the government of Botswana and have received their permission to temporarily sell our diamonds outside of Botswana as a result of travel restrictions. The government has been fully supportive of our efforts to sell diamonds through HB and Clara in combination with traditional tenders, two of which have now taken place in Antwerp with the third scheduled for December. The Kuroi, underground remain, the Kuroi Underground Expansion Project, which has the potential to add more than $4 billion in revenues and extend our mine life out to 2040, remains a top priority for the company. Though re-scoped from a planned spend of $53 million uh, to an estimated spend of $22 million in 2020 as a result of the pandemic, Lucara has made significant progress on the underground program focused on long lead item procurement, detailed engineering and early site works using local contractors. Discussions with lenders in relation to a project debt facility for the portion of development CapEx needed to supplement our cash flow from operations has also progressed positively during the quarter. We are working towards an anticipated full project approval and funding in the first half of 2021. As with previous quarters, we would like to once again highlight the importance of Kuroi's track record for delivering a consistent recovery of specials, or diamonds recovered in excess of 10.8 carats in size, which account for 70% of our revenues. The lower right-hand chart looks at the cumulative recovery of these diamonds beginning in 2013, and what you will notice is that the frequency of these diamond recoveries has increased over time as the mine plan has become more south-lobe and EMTKS-focused. Year-to-date, Kiroi has produced 31 diamonds greater than 100 carats, including 10 diamonds greater than 200 carats. Exceptional recoveries this year include the 549 carat setuna and the 998 carat diamond just announced. Providing a little more insight on our... Third largest diamond recovery the 998 carat diamond was recovered undamaged from processing a feed from the EMPKS unit of the south lobe through the MDR or mega diamond recovery XRT circuit that allows for diamond recovery post primary crushing and prior to milling this recovery represents the second plus 500 carat diamond recovered from this circuit in 2020 to recover two plus 500 carat diamonds in a 10-month span along with many other high quality diamonds across all size ranges is a testament again to the unique nature of the Kuroi resource and the mines incorporation of advanced technology to help recover these diamonds undamaged. Along with the 998, we recovered five additional high value diamonds ranging from 51 Uh, carats up to 273 carats shown on this slide though it is not unusual for Kuroe to yield up um, high value pockets such as this from time to time uh, it and it is a really good reminder that the when the majority of our revenue is coming from fewer than five percent of the carats produced by weight quarterly variability in diamond quality and value is to be expected on an annualized basis however over more than eight years now of operations, we continue to demonstrate predictability and consistency. This will be touched on a little bit more as we get into a discussion about the third quarter, which yielded the expected quantum of plus 10.8 carat diamonds. However, the value component was impacted by a higher proportion of brown versus white during this period. Another important highlight for the quarter, Lucara was delighted to have entered into a second strategic collaboration with Louis Vuitton, the world's leading luxury brand, and HB Antwerp for the planning and polishing of the exceptional 549 carat white gem, referred to as setuna, meaning flower, in Setswana, uh, that was recovered from the Kuroi mine back in February of this year. The tuna is one of the highest quality exceptional diamonds ever recovered at Kuroi, and we believe this alliance is a unique opportunity to partner with industry-leading participants within the supply chain to both raise the profile of our operations in Botswana and to transform this rare and unique rough diamond into an extraordinary bespoke polished diamond collection catering exclusively to Louis Vuitton's global customer base. Under the terms of this agreement, Lucara will receive payment for diamonds created from Satuna no later than December, 2021. Similar to our existing supply agreement with HB announced in July, and discussed in greater detail in the upcoming slide, um, Lucara will receive payment based on the final polished outcome, less a commission, and the cost of polishing. As discussed earlier in the presentation, Caroe's large high value diamonds have historically accounted for approximately 60 to 70% of our annual revenues. Though the mine has remained fully operational throughout the COVID pandemic, Lucara made a deliberate decision not to tender any of its plus 10.8 carat production after early March 2020 amidst the uncertainty caused by the global crisis and the significant weakness observed in the rough diamond market. The polished diamond market performed much better through this period and subsequently in July 2020, Lucara announced a great groundbreaking partnership agreement with HB entering into a definitive supply agreement for the remainder of 2020 for all diamonds produced in excess of 10.8 carats in size from Karoi. under the supply agreement with hb lugara's plus 10.8 carat uh, production is being sold at prices based on the estimated polished outcome of each diamond determined through state-of-the-art scanning and planning technology with a true up amount payable on actual achieved polish sales in excess of the initial estimated polish price, less a fee and the cost of manufacturing. The plus 10.8 carat diamonds of poorer quality, including cleavage, low and rejection goods are sold as rough parcels and do not enter the polishing pipeline at HB. Though we have experienced both startup and COVID related delays, this unique pricing mechanism is beginning to deliver regular cash flow At what we believe will be superior prices for this important segment of our production profile. The decision to enter into uh, into the supply agreement with HB for the remainder of 2020 followed a trial period in the second quarter of 2020 where approximately 3,100 carats of plus 10.8 carat rough diamonds were placed into manufacturing um, as shipment one. Lucara will receive payments for the polished diamonds from shipment when, once those diamonds are sold by HB to an end customer, less a fee, and the cost of manufacturing. Beginning in the third quarter 2020, the company recognized revenue of $25.9 million from these sales agreements. Revenue for plus 10.8 carat stones, ordinarily part of the Q2 and Q3 tenders as well as sales from shipment one will continue to be recognized in Q4 of 2020. Moving to slide 11, I'd like to spend a few minutes now talking about our second transformative sales channel for quality diamonds less than 10.8 carats in size, and this is Clara. With global restrictions impeding travel for many diamond terrors, the interest from buyers in Clara doubled during the third quarter, increasing from 35 to 71 buyers. During Q3 2020, Clara began selling stones on behalf of third party sellers, which was a significant objective for 2020 as well. Seven sales occurred on Clara during the third quarter with total transaction volumes of 3.2 million. As Clara becomes the online marketplace of choice for rough buyers, discussions are now underway with several producers to begin trials for the sale of their diamonds on Clara in the coming weeks and months. I would now like to turn it over to Zara Bolt, who will discuss our financial performance for the quarter in greater detail.
0: Zara? Thanks, Zyra. And good morning and good afternoon to everyone who has joined the call today. As a reminder, some of the statements that I will make today will include forward-looking information, and all of our results are reported in U.S. dollars. The most significant change in the third quarter this year comes from how we sell our diamonds. As you can see from the table on slide 12, and as Ira has previously highlighted, we now sell our diamonds three ways. The lower value stones, less than 10.8 carats in size, continue to be sold in a quarterly tender better quality and higher value stones between one and 10 carats are sold through Clara, and all plus 10.8 carat stones are sold through HB, with the caveat that only the higher value specials are placed into manufacturing. Clavage low and rejection goods above 10.8 carats are sold by HB as rough. We recognize revenue of 41.3 million during the quarter, including $25.9 million under the new HB sales agreement. From this table, you can clearly see how the plus 10.8 carat diamonds drive our results. Although the 5,633 carats sold in Q3 under the new supply agreement with HB represent only 5% of the total carats sold by volume, they contribute almost 63% of the revenue recognized. Contrast this to the 105,283 carats sold through tender for $12.6 million during the quarter. Sales through the tender contributed 93% of the carat volume sold, but only 30% of the value. When looking at this table, it is important, important to point out, however, that the average price of $4,597 a carat for sales under the HB agreement does not yet reflect the sale of several high value stones delivered to HB during the second and third quarters, where we expect revenue to be realized before the end of this year or in early 2021. This delay relates to startup of processes and the time that it takes to properly analyze, plan, manufacture, and ultimately sell the highest value diamonds, which are mined from Kuroi. While Lucaro receives an initial payment every 60 days, For all shipments received after shipment one the full realized value is achieved upon the final sale of each diamond hb has invested heavily in technology and as their manufacturing processes ramp up we expect to see turnaround times decrease moving to slide 13 we have key financial results for the three months ended september 30th i've just spoken about the 41.3 million in revenue recognized during the third quarter which was about 90% of the revenue recognized in the comparative period. Revenue this quarter generated an average price per carat sold of $365. Adjusted EBITDA, a non-IFRS measure, was $9.9 million for the quarter, and we recorded a net loss from operations of $5.4 million. On a positive note, operating expenses decreased to $21.7 million during the quarter, primarily due to a lower operating cost per ton processed. Favorable foreign exchange rate movements and cost optimization efforts, including insourcing of the process plant contract were contributing factors. The operating margin achieved in the third quarter was comparable to that in 2019 at 47% versus 49%. Net loss for the quarter was impacted by two non-cash items, being depletion and amortization expense of $13.5 million and a $2.7 million loss, recognized as several of the XRT machines were upgraded. Cash flow from operations, also a non-IFRS measure, was $0.03 per share. On slide 14, we have financial highlights for the nine months ended September 30th. The change in sales approach for our large stones had the most significant impact on our results year to date when compared to results from the nine months ended September 30, 2019. This year, we've benefited from a positive exchange rate, targeted cost savings, and production volume variances, which have been positive for processing but negative for mining. We recognized revenue of $82.9 million for the nine months ended September 30, 2020. From the sale of just over 268,000 carats, or $309 per carat, this compares to revenue of $136.5 million recognized for the nine months ended September 30, 2019, where we sold just over 313,000 carats at an average price of $436 per carat. The reduction in revenue results from a combination of a 15% decrease in the number of carats sold and a deliberate decision not to sell any diamonds greater than 10.8 carats during the second quarter in favor of entering into a committed supply agreement with HB for the remainder of the year. We've just discussed this. Lower revenue also impacted our adjusted EBITDA of $8.1 million and contributed to the $22.4 million loss recorded for the nine-month period ended September 30th. Her year-to-date operating cash cost, also a non-IFRS measure, was $26.92 per tonne of ore processed, as compared to $31.06 per tonne of ore processed in 2019. This was below our initial full-year forecast of $32.00 to $36.00 per tonne processed and approximately 13% lower than the same period in 2019. The current period result includes the impact of a 7% depreciation of the Botswana Pula compared to the US dollar reporting currency and realized cost savings following a cost optimization process in the second half of 2019, offset by an 8% decrease in tons processed as compared to year to date 2019. On a year to date basis, cash flow from operations was $0.03 per share, down from $0.10 in the comparative period. We ended September with 10.1 million cash and 20 million drawn on the working capital facility, an increase of 1 million from the balance drawn as of June 30th. A slower ramp up under the HB agreement meant we continue to rely on the working capital facility to manage monthly fluctuations in our cash flow, although we do expect this reliance to decrease in the coming months as we reach a more steady state under the HB agreement, which like Clara, provides for regular payments for diamonds delivered and sold. Moving to slide 15, we have some operational highlights for the third quarter. A consistent operating environment continued through the third quarter, with both total tons mined and total tons processed in line with expectations. And carrots recovered and sold also generally in line with plan. Of note, we completed the final XRT machine upgrades without any significant restart issues. The operating cost per carat sold, again, a non-IFRS measure, was $192 a carat versus $201 per carat in the same quarter last year. Operating expenses were positively impacted by lower mining costs incurred from the movement of less waste mined in the third quarter as compared to the same quarter in 2019. While we will need to catch up on the waste mining that was deferred this year in 2021, we have not otherwise significantly altered the 2020 mine plan. Moving now to slide 16, we have some operational highlights for the nine months ended September 30th. Although Orton's mined and processed are lower than the same period results from 2019, These results are in line with our expectations. This is also true for carrots recovered, which were expected to be lower than 2019 due to several planned shutdowns this year that were required to upgrade the XRT recovery circuit. I've already spoken about the changes that we've made to our sales channels and the impact that a small volume of plus 10.8 carat stones has on the revenue that we recognize. I will now hand back to Ira for the question and answer period. Thank you very much.
2: Thank you very much, Zara.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, we will now begin the question and answer session. Should you have a question, please press the star followed by the one on your touchtone phone. You will hear a three-tone prompt acknowledging your request. If you are using a speakerphone, please lift the handset before pressing any keys. One moment, please, for your first question. Your first question comes from Scott McDonald at Scotiabank. Please go ahead.
3: Hi. Good morning, everyone. Uh, Thanks uh, for the update. a few questions for me just mainly about the HB agreement and then also just wanted to uh, circle back on the XRT replacement Um, so just first on the HB uh, sales first of all thank thanks for providing uh, that additional breakdown of the of the sales results that's very helpful Um, I just wonder if you could sort of characterize how that Q3 sales mix In terms of the quality that you sold to HB in Q3, how that might compare to sort of the run of mine average production mix, just to sort of get a sense of directionally whether uh, that's above or below the sort of average prices you'd expect to get on specials going forward.
2: Yeah, I think the point that we're trying to make there, Scott, is that we do get variability quarter to quarter, but you really have to be looking at the, at the production run on an annualized basis, and I, and I will let John kind of jump in here and uh, some comments um, on our, our, you know, the overall mix, um, but basically, you know, everything at the mine is, is, is going along, you know, as expected, um, and consistent with you know the recoveries that we've achieved over the last eight years. John, do you want to add anything there?
4: Yeah, sure. Uh, thanks, Ira. Thanks, Scott, for the the question. Um, further to what Ira said, yeah, like the in terms of volumes, were are spot on where we anticipated to be given the the blend of material going through the plant, and the, some of the quality aspects weren't there. I think the average price that you see on the one table. Um, what you have to bear in mind is the, the comment that what we don't see there is the sale from some of the higher value stones in, in the mix. So that average price there is a bit of a um, uh, the, the low end of the expected pricing um, on the, on the back of a little lower quality and, and the lack of the, some of the high value stones selling through. So I'm not, I mean, overall, I'm not concerned about that average price going forward. I think that uh, we've seen... You know, Since the end of the quarter, um, some really nice recoveries come out of the mine, which will have a positive impact on the AP and kind of bring the overall AP up as we move forward. Okay. Great. Thank you. Uh,
3: thank you for that.
5: Um,
3: and, and just in terms of, of timing, just a couple of things that so, um, obviously, I guess the, the, the production of specials throughout the whole calendar year or up, up until the end of the calendar year will be subject to this HB agreement. So then naturally some of these sales will go into into Q1 2021. I'm just trying to get a sense of uh, the volumes you'd expect. Do do you expect the Q4 volumes subject to the HB agreement would be kind of similar to, to Q3 or, or is there going to be a bit more of a catch up in Q4? Do you think?
2: Well, the volumes being sold through will be similar, Scott, but we are anticipating, you know, revenues um, to reflect a bit of a catch-up. There definitely has been a time lag uh, from the time that we sort of started up the um, the agreement with HB and and getting those stones into production. And of course, shipment one was not subject to. Uh, the HB agreement um, that that shipment as as we've mentioned in the disclosure was was kind of a trial that led up to the decision to enter into the agreement and those diamonds basically are being manufactured and sold um, you know through HB on for Lucara and they are subject you know we receive payment for those once they are actually sold Less a, less a commission. So we are expecting more sales from shipment one as well. Um, so I think that we're now in a situation where we're delivering diamonds from the mine every two weeks to AB, which is HB, which is giving us a nice steady cash flow. And I think what you can look for in Q4 and into 2021 is sort of catch up on the revenue side.
3: Okay, great. And, and when are we going to start seeing the the true ups for the the sales of the, of the final polished um, will we start seeing that in Q4 or that might be more into 2021?
2: yes, no we believe it will be and and just to, to give you uh, an example like you know what what we are or what HB is aspiring to do um, with um, you know with HP Antwerp is to basically, really shorten the time from receipt of diamond um through to final polish sale and the expectation is that for uh the vast majority of our stones that 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 time lag or cycle uh should should get to below you know one month so you know again uh, lots of uh challenges that we've been we've been dealing that with this is a this is a completely new arrangement uh, but I have to say it's it's improving every day week by week and um, we do expect that the timeline again or the time lag between mining that diamond and getting out the door will be much reduced and so we'll start to see those top-up payments coming into the revenue streams in a more predictable regular way
3: okay excellent and And maybe just uh, on a similar note how maybe you could just give a bit of commentary on how this agreement might apply to the exceptional stones like the 998 i, I presume it'll take a bit longer on on those
5: ones
2: uh, well it, it it basically is it it the
0: 998
2: um will be dealt with the same way as every other diamond through the hb received through the hb agreement to this point so it will be subject to scanning and planning And after 60 days, we will be paid an initial purchase price based on those plans, Um, you know, with the final uh, top-ups paid when that diamond is, is ultimately manufactured and sold. And, yes, it will take longer to ultimately manufacture a stone of that nature. The planning will be far more detailed, but we still will receive an initial payment after 60 days.
3: Okay, excellent. And then just a uh, last question on the ABHV agreement. Um, just based on how it's going so far, uh, would you consider extending this uh, into 2021 and perhaps beyond?
2: Yeah. Listen, I think you know we want to see more data points for sure to, to to get comfortable. But early indications are positive, and you know I think you know ask us the, the same question in Q4, um, and and we'll be able to give you know more insight on that. But right now we're feeling very encouraged
3: okay great um, and just a, a last question for me uh, before I pass it along uh, just for John can you remind us why you needed to um, or, or why you replaced some of the XRP machines this quarter
4: okay Scott yeah that's a fair question so we replaced um, the original five machines that were uh, commissioned in 2015 So we did three shutdowns to um, take out the machines over the the course of one in the second quarter and two in the third quarter. Um, The machines were due for replacement. There were some uh, minor corrosion issues on the machines, so we've replaced them with uh, the stainless steel units. Um, Ultimately, um, as a result of that, we've seen less downtime associated with the XRTs. And we anticipate um, we can do some process improvements to improve throughput through those those machines
3: okay, great, thanks for that uh, and uh, that's it. that's it for me thanks uh, thanks again, everyone.
5: Thanks,
1: Scott, ladies and gentlemen. as a reminder, should you have any questions, please press star one. Next question comes from Edward Starrk at bMO.
5: Please go ahead. Good morning. I hope you're all well. Um, I've got a handful of questions here. So just on the, um, the agreement with the government of Botswana to allow the selling of diamonds in Antwerp, how long um, is that expected to be in place for? Is it, is it essentially dependent upon international travel restrictions? And then assuming the HB agreement proves to be fruitful, uh, does that have any bearings on the potential to extend that agreement?
2: Sure. Um, afternoon, Ed, and I, I'm happy to jump in there. Um, you know, the government of Botswana, of course, was um, very relieved and grateful, I think, in some ways, that, uh, that we were able to find a solution uh, to our sales um, through the pandemic when travel restrictions to Botswana um, were in place. Travel restrictions are starting to lift. Um, we are in constant communication with the government of Botswana and so they are completely uh, privy to all the results from our sales going through um, HB as well as Claire and really it's going to I think come down to making um, a, a value case um, for the government and as, as to the rationale for selling this way so we um, you know the jury's still out here Ed in, in terms of you know our Any decision to continue with sales using this mechanism but at the you know appropriate time uh, we expect to have that conversation with the government and determine whether um, this is something you know collectively that we want to continue to pursue but I think they're very open-minded and again they've been very supportive of the approach
5: thank you and then just a a couple of follow-up questions Uh, firstly on the underground uh, project obviously, you know, very understandably, a bit of a slowdown in terms of expenditure this year. Does that have any impact on the timing of the transition from the open pit to underground? Are you going to have to stretch the open pit, um, you know, for an extra year or so as a result? And then, secondly, with regards to, you know, I guess the dominance of the EMPKS units in 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 the underground mine plan, um, have, do you have any? I mean, this is kind of like a, a you know a bit of it's a good situation to be in, but it doesn't necessarily come without any problems. Do you have any concerns about the ability to, to sell you know, that volume of large diamonds, assuming it continues to be as um, as bountiful as it has been as as a production unit?
2: Yeah, Ed, I think I'm going to let John take the first piece, and, and then I'll jump in on the second one. Do you want to j- go ahead, John?
4: Sure. Um, thanks for the question, Ed. Yeah, there has um, understandably been... A delay to the timelines on the on the project um, things have been rescheduled the, you know the capital spend of the project um, hasn't uh, hasn't changed and the duration of the of the project hasn't changed so to your point what we are doing at the moment is looking at what can be done to um, extend the life of the open pit so that we don't have um, a shortfall in um, production from the open pit as we wrap up the underground I would also point out that we will have stockpiles should we run into an issue. Um, we do have, we'll have a significant quantity of material on, on surface and stockpiles that could go through the plant. But we are looking at what can be done in the open pit to basically have uh, ore from open pit and underground as we ramp up the underground.
6: Thank
5: you.
4: And then, you know, well, yeah, that's we're in the process of running through that exercise.
2: And, and, and just in terms of, you know, our, uh, you know the, the quantum of big stones, that is absolutely not a concern for us. Um, you know, Kiroi is a very unique asset. There's no mine in the world producing um, type of diamonds that we produce. Uh, but I will say that, you know, the opportunity of working with companies like HB Antwerp and, of course, Louis Vuitton, we think is, uh, is, is, is a huge opportunity to kind of open up The market for our larger high value diamonds and that certainly has been a factor that sort of played in our decision to to go down this path. Um, Louis Vuitton has uh, only just launched its high jewelry line and that really was with um, the Sowello, the first diamond that we put into partnership with them uh, back in January, and they have announced their intention to uh, turn high jewelry into a major business for uh, that company. So um, you know, Louis Vuitton obviously is the world's largest leading luxury brand, has um, a huge audience globally, and, and we really believe that these types of partnerships are going to be important in growing demand for diamonds in general, not just large high-value stones. Um, but uh, this sort of greater alignment along the value chain from mine to ultimate retail sale is how this industry is is going to actually expand and grow, um, you know, in general terms.
5: Thank you very much. And then just a final question. Um, looking at the waste stripping this year, it's running below the um, you know, the guidance budget at the beginning of the year. Obviously, I obviously haven't given any updated guidance yet for understandable reasons, but um would it be fair to assume that uh that any shortfall this year just due to perhaps I don't know, you know, COVID um issues and trying to increase um subsistence sort of between between the workforce and surface and so on, uh, any shortfall in stripping will be caught up next year and that may result in a bit of an increase in unit costs as a result.
2: Yes, that's correct, Ed. Z- Zara or John, do you have anything you want to add there?
0: Uh, no,
5: I think that assumption is fair. Thank you. That's uh, I mean.
1: Thank you. The next question comes from Richard Hatch at Berenberg. Please go ahead.
6: Cool. Thank you very much uh, for the call and, and congrats on the 998. And just a point of uh, clarification. So, um, I just want to make sure I've got my numbers right. So, say for example the five nine um when do you get the first sort of cash installment for that one because i think you, you talked about a 60-day payment and then i think the, the mdna talks about um cash by, by end of q4 2021 so i just want to clarify just in terms of cash flow when when you actually start when you see the benefits of that that stone um please
2: sure um hi richard yeah the 998 um is subject to the hb agreement The 549 we recovered prior to entering into that agreement, and so the agreement that we've got on the 549 is is a separate agreement with HB and Louis Vuitton. So we are working um, as sort of a tripartite group, and so that you know the value of that stone will be realized once it's sold or at the latest December of 2021.
6: Okay, got it. Right, fine. And then, um, and I guess the for the 998, I suppose it's sort of moving in towards the end of the year. So, would you expect to see cash flow from that stone more likely to be a 2021 event rather than a, a Q4 2020 event?
5: Correct.
6: Just on the, the underground, um, I suppose the diamond market's had some. Uh, had a pretty rough year although it seems to be improving which is not lovely to see um, but I'm just wondering um, kind of as you look at the, the capex and the um, kind of you know the IRR MPV um, it, hurdles that you're going to put as a, as a management across the underground project I mean just off the back of the um, the movements in the market this year sort of comfortable and confident are you that it it sort of passes hurdles in terms of um you know internal hurdles for a final investment decision and and second just just on that i see that the the spend's been pulled down to 22 million dollars i mean how quickly does that the balance of that um that 53 get pushed back into 2021 should we be booking it in for 2021 or do we spread it or what's the the thought process about how how that that
2: Sure, Richard, I'll start and then I'll turn it over to John. Um, I just want to say we are, you know, highly confident um, about the, you know, the merits and the value uh, and the economics of the underground. We've used extremely conservative pricing uh, in our feasibility study and we've had a further, you know, hard look at that um, amidst the challenges of 2020. And, you know, what you have to remember there, Richard, is that we've taken out in in all of our uh, estimates of of, uh, diamond value, we've taken out all the large exceptional diamonds that have been recovered over the last eight years out of our models, um, and we've used um, discounted pricing uh, through 2021 um, and no diamond price escalator for uh you know fifteen years of mining out to twenty forty so we are we are you know very um optimistic and and we remain very confident in uh the economics of the underground and John, do you want to just touch on the the spend please
4: sure yeah richard um in, in terms of the the difference between twenty you know we anticipated spending what well, we will spend? Um, relates mainly to um, uh, the earthworks and the civil works, and the start of the, the physical precinct, um, which now is pushed out um, to the third quarter of, of next year. So we'll advise the market on what the spend next year would look like. But it's, you know, that, it's just not an aggregate to what was what was forecast before. Um, obviously, with the delays, the the spend on the capex is being looked at. Um, Uh, quite a bit in terms of either smoothing it out and making adjustments for the delay but ultimately um, at the end of the year we'll provide the the guidance on the spend for the underground next year cool thanks John thanks team
1: thank you that concludes today's Q&A session I will now turn it over for closing comments
2: Thank you operator and thank you everybody for joining us uh, today uh, we are encouraged about the progress that we've made in, in Q3 and we're you know very confident um, in our ability to generate um, you know solid revenues as a result of all of our sales channels for the remainder of the year and we're feeling very optimistic about the potential for Uh, putting together uh, a debt financing package in support of the Underground into 2021. So stay tuned for all of that. Um, Lots more uh, to come. Thank you very much, everybody, and have a great uh, rest of your day.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, this concludes your conference call for today. We thank you for participating, and we ask that you please disconnect your lines.